Kia it's Friday 3rd of July 2020 and welcome to the Week in Tax. I'm Terry Boucher, Taxpert and Director of Boucher Consulting Limited, a tax consultancy helping individuals, small businesses and professionals navigate the tax minefield. This week I'm joined by Josh Taylor, Director and Co-Founder of tax pooling company Tax Traders. Josh co-founded Tax Traders with Nicola Taylor eight years ago, aiming to bring the benefits of tax pooling to all taxpayers. It's been hugely successful since then, growing on year on year at about 40%. Currently, Tax Traders is working with over 400 accountancy firms around the country, including the preferred provider for Deloitte and the tax pooling business partner of the Chartered Accountants of Australia and New Zealand. Marina, Josh, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Terry. Great to be here. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so, our lives have been dominated by COVID-19 um, over the past few months. Uh, so, when did you realise that this was going to be much bigger than anyone was thinking at the time? Yeah, look, it's, it's a good question. I, I don't know if it's bigger than anyone was expecting. I think it got really big really fast about middle of March. That, that's when it really started to bite for us. That OCR drop, um, I think it was about the 15th of March. Uh, I think, what is it, drop uh, half a percent down to 0.25. That was when everyone realised really quickly this thing was getting real, really fast. We saw the financial markets react almost instantly. Um, and uh, and where, that, where that gets interesting for us is uh, where um, we sort of sit between uh, uh, a lot of fund managers. They, uh, they, they are in the banks. They're a source of funding for... Uh, people who can't pay their tax uh, on time or who are looking for additional time to pay. And, uh, and what we saw is, is the, um, the money supply uh, in, in that side of the market really start to shrink. Um, people got very nervous. Uh, what, do we, what don't we know? What does the government know that we don't know? Because that, um, a drop of that magnitude, uh, we haven't seen that before. Uh, where, where are things going? Uh, and um, and so that was probably where it started for us. And, and the intensity stayed. Uh, pretty high um, all the way through. Um, I think we're starting to see that ease off now, uh, but it, but it, it's been sort of two or, two or three months of uh, of pretty high intensity. Uh, I mean, um, so you're working fairly long hours then. Uh, yep, yeah, yeah, no. For for us, it, it got um, it sort of got to the point where we we would, uh, through the lockdown. Um, in, in fact, probably from about that sixteenth of March um, point. We're working 80, 90 hours a week. Um, what it did was it threw up a whole lot, as well as all the regular stuff you've got to do, uh, all the uncertainty uh, that that came about as a result of that threw up a whole lot more work for us. And and it was interesting um, going back. We we were just looking at um, looking through the emails the other day, and uh, a couple of days after the OCR announcement, we had Inland Revenue contact uh, the um, the to the tax pools and say, look, we want to get you on a phone call with an industry uh, just to talk about what uh, what's happening, where we see things going. Um, uh, we're, we're mindful that some people may struggle to, uh, to meet payments that are due on the 31st of March. We want, um, we want to be mindful of that and see what we can do to help. Um, off the back of that, then four days later, we'd already, uh, which was over a weekend, uh, we'd already submitted two... Um, uh, submissions were drafted and submitted two submissions to Inland Revenue about how they could respond and, and what options they might um, they might be able to take uh, through this uh, through this COVID period and that was before there was any legislation on the table or any announcements so we're 
So we're, we're already churning out material for them. Uh, we're contacting politicians. We're contacting uh, multiple uh, multiple points within inland revenue. We're um, uh, we're engaging with uh, other government departments like MB. Uh, so there's there's been a huge additional workload, and a lot of that's been driven around wanting to get greater certainty for uh, for our clients around what options do they have. We we we've got a we've we've had a situation um, where. Uh, as I sort of referred to earlier, where the money markets just stopped, to fun stopped functioning very well uh, because that money flow in the economy, sort of, it didn't quite ground to a halt, but it really did slow down. People are looking, how do we, how do we just manage through? We, on, on paper, we know that um, we've still got good businesses. We, we've still got, um, uh, you know, things are, running, things are running well, but we just need to be able to keep the cash going so that we can get through this period and, and out the other side. And so uh, trying to get certainty, at least from a tax perspective, which is the state we operate in, around what people's options are, what they can do, what they can't do. Uh, there's been a, just been a very high workload uh, to get that, um, to, to get through that. And we're through that now, which is good, but, but it has been a, uh, a bit of a trying time. Sure, it's a bit of an understatement. <clears throat> so, Interesting what you're saying about uh, inland revenue there. So clearly you had to work very closely alongside them um, yes. to an extent that we wouldn't normally do so. And I'm interested to hear that they were, they were on the phone to you as an industry saying, hey, we can see something's happening here. What, how are we going to react to that? How, how was it working with inland revenue? Because I imagine there were frequent contacts at various levels throughout the period. Hmm. Yeah, no. Look, it's 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 a it's interesting. Um, it, it's been interesting, and you know, I, I guess a couple of caveats. You know, an, an organisation the size of Inland Revenue, um, they, they certainly they certainly aren't going to speak with one voice, and you're going to have different uh, different pockets within that. Um, and and just ha having an organisation that size does, does just provide provide some, pose some challenges. The frontline, the frontline people, the, the the people we've been engaging with from the tax pooling side, were uh, very responsive, very helpful, uh, very open to ideas. We had um, uh, we had people from Inland Revenue proactively contacting us, actually um, saying, "What ideas have you got? We, we'd like we, we, we'd like to hear your thoughts. We'd like to get um, you know, we want to get all the all the all the ideas uh, into the mix uh, so we can consider those." So there was, some, uh, you know, I think what we saw was. A lot of what we saw, at least on the front line, was probably the best of inland revenue. And 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 in talking to you know accountants as we do every day, uh, a lot of the feedback they've had too is that you know they're seeing best of inland revenue through this time in, in a lot of respects in terms of the the their willingness to uh, remit use of money interest and provide you know quite favourable terms uh, to taxpayers through this. At the same time, we've seen um, uh, some 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 kind of challenging behaviours where. We, we had very early on. We had inland revenue signal to us that there would be uh, the ability for uh, for deadlines um, to pay 2019 tax to be extended. Uh, they they were aware that, um, uh, and I know this is something we sort of we were going to get to, but um, uh, that they talked about. Uh, they they were aware that people had terminal tax to pay for 2019, and the the legislation that was on the table wasn't going to be sufficient to um, enable taxpayers who had missed provisional payments for the 2019 year to uh, to tidy that up um, and, the, the, uh, and and get a, a reduction in the use of money costs. 
Uh, the, the use of money remission legislation only applied to payments made after the 14th of February this year, so it wasn't going to help uh, provisional payments for the 19 year that were otherwise not paid. So they they said, look, uh, we think the best way for us to resolve that is um, is uh, by expanding the remit of the tax pools for this period. And we had that signal to us that that's where they were heading uh, towards the end of March, early April, they signaled that to us. Uh, but they sort of caveated it by saying that we need enabling legislation to make it happen. Uh, now, the legislation to make that happen uh, was passed at the end of April, but then it needed an order in council. Um, it, it took them until uh, the uh, end of uh, the start of the second week of June to get that order in council uh, in place. And, and without that order in council, uh, we were within a week of running out of time for the 19 years. So, so, so we saw while the while it was signalled pretty early on, this is where we're going to actually get it wrapped up and, and tidied up. Took them right to the 11th hour, um, which probably created a, a, a bit more stress and pressure than was needed. Um, I mean, we got there in the end, so that's a big tick. Uh, but uh, could we have got there a bit easier? I would like to. I would like to think so. And uh, and I think certainly there were people within inland, within inland revenue who who would like to have thought the same as well. Um, sometimes things just take a bit longer, but there's, there's probably some learnings through there. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's um, policy response, something um, separately is um, involved with talking uh, with other colleagues about. Um, and, um, and, and there was a story that the tax pooling team in Inland Revenue was relatively small. Has, what size is it now? It must have been expanded to cope with this strain. They could not be doing what they did with the, the resources they had if the story I, ha I heard there were only two or three in that team were co correct. Yeah so there's there's they've got a couple of teams that that, that manage that there's a there's a core team in Upper Hutt that do the processing and, and that team is about two or three people mm -hmm. uh, and uh, historically it's been that size uh, but the it's important I guess to, to highlight with the improvements to the um, uh, to the start system over the last uh, that we've seen rolled out aggressively over the last couple of years, it's it's automated a number of processes that under the under the old under the old system under the old computer system were very manual uh, processes. So, um, so we're in times past we've seen inland revenue um, uh, we've, we've seen transfers get backlogged because of the sheer volume of things, and it's taken maybe three, four, five weeks to process things. Uh, that's now happening overnight. Um, or, or in fact, instantaneously, really. As soon as we send a scheduled inland revenue and they decide to process it, no matter how many thousands of transfers are there, it all happens instantly. So, so inland revenue has really scaled up their capacity. Um, and so for that, for that 95% or 98% of transactions that are straight down the middle, fit the, uh, they just run on the tracks and they, they go through very quickly now. So, so it is efficient from inland revenue's point of view. They've got, they've got a support team that manages the um, the exception queries. Uh, I don't know how many people are in that team, but it's maybe two or three uh, people seem to be in there. Things can uh, things things can get a bit bogged down there, uh, depending on the complexity of the transaction. So you could see another week or two uh, to work things through. But um, it, in inland revenue have been investing in their capacity in, in this space again, which is a good news story. Um, that's great to hear. Now you touched on 2019 there, and um, <clears throat> sort of, there's probably I certainly know one of you. There's still data suggests there's still a lot of people who have outstanding 
obligations for the 2019 tax year. So how is an IRD providing assistance for those people to pay the tax bill? What's the story there with these latest changes that finally came through at the 11th hour? Yep, no, so, so what, they, um, what they've done there is, is there's actually some commentary on Inland Revenue's, uh, uh, Revenue's website on about the 14th of April, they, re they released some case studies. They gave about eight different examples of um, around the 19 year, if you've got this fact scenario, this is how we're gonna help you. If you've got that fact scenario, this is how we're gonna help you. Um, but, it, but as I sort of mentioned before, um, because of the way the legislation has been drafted, it said for payments that are due after the 14th of February, 2020, uh, the IRD has the discretion to remit uh, use of money interest. Uh, what that means is that um, if you've got a payment that was actually due on the 7th of April, uh, so that that has that would be liable to start incurring use of money interest or penalties from the 7th of April, uh, and then you can uh, can remit that uh, can remit that use of money interest and, and penalties if they if they think you meet their criteria. Uh, so that's that's classically that's the case for a taxpayer who's under sixty thousand and has paid their uplift uh, on time. They've, they've been very clear though that the situation it won't be able to cover is for a taxpayer who is who either hasn't paid their uplift on time uh, and is under sixty thousand and has paid their uplift on time, so is incurring use of money interest from their provisional dates uh, right through because the the interest started on the provisional date. That provisional date was before the 14th of February, can't help. Uh, or the situation where you're over, a taxpayer whose ROT is over $60,000, uh, so all tax is gonna be due by that P3 date. So uh, for a lot of taxpayers, that will have been either 7th of May 2019 or uh, 28th of July 2019. And, and again, because those two dates are before 14th of February 2020, uh, not eligible for the use of money remission and again the challenge therefore uh, the challenge there is that all of those taxpayers 2019 was a profitable year it wasn't affected by COVID uh, but when you come to pay it you're trying to pay it in a period that's affected by COVID and so uh, IRDs um, you know acknowledge that they're aware that uh, they're aware of the realities of business um, you know you're paying for you're paying for last year's tax with this year's dollars and this year's dollars are uh, getting a bit squeezed uh, they needed to do something, uh, and so they looked at it and said, "Well, well the the, uh, the best thing or the easiest way for us to manage this is to um, expand uh, expand the scope of our uh, tax pooling uh, our tax pooling rules and provide uh, an additional window of time to uh, to target 2019 uh, tax for a tax pool." And so what they said is, "You've got until the 21st of July uh, to apply uh, to a tax pool." Uh, to square up any outstanding 2019 tax, there are a couple of uh, there are uh, criteria to meet. Basically, it's just that your cash flow uh, has been impacted uh, by COVID between January and July of this year, uh, and that you don't have sufficient cash available now to meet that tax cost without putting the rest of your business um, under undue pressure. Um, all the information's on our website if, you, um, if you're in that position. And, and the num as you said, uh, Terry, the numbers we're seeing suggest there is quite a substantial portion of, of 2019 tax outstanding. Uh, but what IRD's done here around the tax pools, uh, you've got uh, up to about nine months more uh, to be able to pay through April next year. Uh, that's gonna be your best bet uh, to tidy it up uh, without incurring other interest and penalty costs. And this is... Um with the tax pooling rates of interest, you won't be using money interest of 7%, it'll be substantially lower your rates. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Depending depending on how we structure it, a couple of ways we can do it. But you're looking at interest rates probably somewhere between three to four and a half percent, and uh, and no no penalties added in. Again, the contrast to that being that if you if you don't use a tax pool, you can be liable for that seven percent interest all the way back to seventh of May nineteen. So it's going to get um, the cost will be substantially bigger. Um, so I often tell, to lead on nicely to the next question, I often tell clients about tax pooling that its big advantage is how it can assist with short-term cash flow issues, just like we're talking about now. So how are clients using tax pooling? Uh, what will happen once the impact of the pandemic became very clear? What do people do in that situation? Yeah, so we've got um, we thought we've seen sort of three um, three pretty clear examples of how they've used it specifically in relation to uh, to the pandemic, and we've got a couple of examples there that maybe help give that some context. Uh, the first one was a um, uh, a large client we had in the forestry sector. Uh, now they um, they'd had a very profitable two thousand and twenty, uh, and come middle of March, um, as a, as as we sort of alluded to earlier, financial markets uh, started to get very constrained. Um, as, as we know, forestry was one of the areas, um, along with tourism, that, was, uh, that felt the impact of COVID very quickly. And so that for this client, um, they've had a, there were 31 March balance date. They've had, a, they've, had a good mar- they've had a good March 2020 year. Coming into April, uh, forestry has, uh, has stopped working. Their mills, uh, their, the, the mills and, and everything else they've got going on, they're incurring substantial uh, overheads uh, on a weekly basis, costs running to hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're traditional banking lines uh, capacity to fund uh, their ongoing OB costs while they manage through uh, this uh, the sort of cash crunch that everyone's experiencing through that time. What they were able to do is say, look, we've got, uh, we've got about 8 million of tax uh, that we've paid. It's sitting in pickle. With the benefit of hindsight, we wouldn't actually pay that tax because we kind of need the money in our business now uh, in, in um, and ID doesn't require us to file our return until March 2021. So we've got a, there's a window of time there where we can actually pull that money out of the tax pool uh, and use it in our business just to keep working capital going and then we'll repay it um, back into the tax pool before we file our return in March 2021. So, so they contacted us. We were able to... Um, uh, to we call it we call it like a, we call it our deposit plus facility. You've deposited it, so you've made a deposit, but you need a bit extra. You need the money back. We were able to fund that back to them at a cost of um, a cost of around three percent, uh, and so they've they've been able to pull that money into their business. Once they're through this period, they'll then be paying that uh, when it comes to file uh, the return. And, and it's so it's a little bit like that lost lost carry back that the the ID subsequently introduced, except in this case. Uh, they didn't even need to have a loss uh, to be able to get the money back into their business. The other example we've seen is a this was a large uh, or not large, but it was a commercial uh, commercial landlord. So they had a number of shopping centres. They had a seventh of May two thousand twenty tax payment due, but through that period um, we were locked down. So a lot of the cash flows just stopped running. They've got they've got tenants, but the tenants aren't paying them. So if the tenants aren't paying them, it's very hard for them to pay their bills. So they were. They were again. They were saying, "Look, we know we're going to be taxable for uh, the March 2020 year, uh, but we don't actually have the cash flow to meet that uh, 7th of May tax payment." Um, and because they've been profitable, again, they didn't really meet the definition for a use of money remission. So, uh, so they were they were outside that criteria. Again, they called us and said, "Look, we need five months, uh, five months of of time." Uh, 
we think by October of 2020, things will be back up and running so we can pay it off then. Um, so we financed that payment for them. Uh, again, interest rate under 3%. Uh, the nice thing about finance though, is it, it does mean that um, if they get to October and things haven't quite come right, we can easily extend it for, them for another couple of months. So they, they do still have some extra flexibility there. Um, and the final example we saw was with, uh, we do a lot of stuff for um, uh, self-employed uh, taxpayers as well. And, and this, is the, this is at the smaller end of town, even for, even for those self-employed taxpayers who maybe only have $10,000 of provisional tax to pay. We saw a lot of them financing their 7th of May payments as well, uh, just because it gave them certainty. It, it allowed them to say, look, we've dealt with the tax. We can, we, we've bought ourselves some time just to get through this cash flow uh, with, with this cash flow crunch uh, that we're all in through lockdown, once we once we're through that period, and, and you know, for some people that's three months, for some it's six months, for some it's a bit longer. Uh, let's let's just get through this period, and then we can uh, we can deal with the tax once the cash flow starts to move again. So this is that's some examples of what we're seeing um, seeing going on there. Fantastic, Billy. That's as I say, the flexibility of tax brings uh, a really incredibly useful tool. Um, now you touched on there the the loss carry back scheme that has been brought in. Um, what's um, you know, for some of us, it, it didn't seem it was immediately clear how it might help clients with thirty one March uh, balance date. Um, but in fact, tax pooling can probably come through and help in those cases with with the loss carry back. You, you mentioned an example. Can you clarify how that could work out. Yeah, sure. So there's there's a, there's a couple of there's a couple of areas where um, the overlay of tax pooling really really helps make the loss carryback uh, regime work better. Uh, the first is the first is obviously if you're not already paying your tax into a tax pool, um, it's a great idea to start doing that because everything about the loss carryback uh, regime is going to become easier um, if you've got your money uh, in a tax pool because it provides you more flexibility um, to, and, and how to manage through this. And the reason that flexibility is important is because uh, if you're paying direct to earn revenue uh, and you claim and you estimate your loss under the loss carry back, it actually takes you out of the concessionary uplift regime. You're then into, um, you're then into estimation. So you're gonna be liable for full interest um, across all your provisional dates. Now, if you've done that in a tax, if you've made those payments into a tax pool, all that you're doing under claiming a loss carryback is pulling your money uh, back out of a tax pool. You don't need to advise inland revenue to do that, so you can actually preserve your uplift status um, and still have access to your credits without losing um, without losing the ability to remain in the uplift regime. So that's the first uh, that's the first important point. Um, the second one is that uh, through a, through tax pools, you're able to reinstate uh, any overclaimed credits. Uh, at a much lower cost. So, you know, we were, again, we were talk, we've been talking about interest rates around three or four percent versus inland revenues, seven uh, percent interest rate. So, uh, when you when you're estimating a loss to carry back, there's there's obviously a little bit of guesswork there. It's not going to be an exact science. You 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 may you could easily end up claiming uh, too much back, uh, and you've got to repay it. So, obviously, repaying at a lower cost uh, is better. And um, uh, and then the final, the final thing I was going to say is, is, is also where we talked about you can, even if you're not in a loss or, or you don't nicely meet the definition of, 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 a, of a tax loss, you can still actually pull your money back regardless um, like that forestry client did. Yeah. And, and looping, back, you're, looping back to your start point, Terry, 
because of the because of the way these balance dates fall, like you said, a 31 March 2020 uh, taxpayer, most of those people COVID for a week or two of that year. So, so not wouldn't expect too many people to be in a loss for the March 2020 year, or if they were, um, in the worst case of it, it would be a very small loss. Now, the temporary loss carryback lets you offset a loss in one period against the profit in the prior period. If you've got a small loss at March 2020, um, you can claim that against 2019, uh, but, but a small loss isn't going to be very helpful for you right now because a small loss is only going to mean a small amount of money back in your business. What you need is a big amount of money back in your business right now. Uh, so, so that's not going to be that that useful if you've got a if you if you had a profitable 2020 and then you, you're then looking at 2021 and estimating the loss. Hard to know exactly what 2021 is going to look like. You know, we're talking to a lot of people. Uh, one client had did three months with a retail client did three months with the business in the last month. So you know, there's there's a there's some interesting dynamics in the market at the moment. Could be a loss, might not be a loss. Uh, you know, again, if you end up uh, claiming too much, you're then going to have to pay it back anyway. So it's it's not um, it's a it's a good idea at hundred percent. It's a good idea having the loss carry back. It, it's just not. I just don't think it's going to be a silver bullet um, to to yeah. solve the solution. Out of the solution, but it's not the solution. Yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I think it's something we do need in the system. Um, um, but right now, it's a, it's a bit of a head scratcher as to exactly how it's going to work through for people. Um, so, what are you seeing now? I mean, the, the, there's the 28th of June uh, payments have just gone through. I mean, what are they like compared to previous years, for example? Yeah. So, yeah. Look at it. I was just looking at those numbers, and, and and what we've seen is it's really a tale of it's a tale of two sort of almost um, two economies is the wrong word, but it, 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 there's two stories going on. Um, if we look at some of some of our clients, uh, it's almost unchanged. 2000, the, the, the payments they're making this year are to what they were making 12 months ago. So, so that, that's sort of telling the story of their, their part of that economy that's sailing through uh, relatively untouched by COVID. We've got other, the other half of it is uh, taxpayers who are very much impacted. And, um, and the ones we're seeing particularly are around the construction sector. Where they um, where they were paying tax um, at the um, at the June be their third provisional payment where they were paying tax last year they're not paying tax uh, this year so there's it, it, it's a um, it, there, there's two stories going on there uh, and and I think what we what we don't know yet is just how uh, what the overall weighting of the economy is is, is are we seeing half the economy is going going the same as it always has and half the economy is, is very much impacted or is it 70% of the economy is going along fine and is it 30% that are impacted? We, we don't, from what we can see, we don't have enough data to be able to make a judgment call on that. Um, but it's the pleasing thing to see is that there are, uh, there is there is a reasonable portion of the economy which just does seem to be continuing on relatively unaffected by COVID. So hopefully that can, um, that can help provide a, just a, a, a like a carry through momentum that we can um, that we can feed off. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, I think we'll leave it there. I that. Thank you very much, uh, Josh, for coming on. Um, so that's it for this week. And thank you again to my guest, uh, Josh Taylor of Tax Booting Company Tax Traders. I'm Terry Boucher, and you can find this podcast on my website, www.boucher.tax, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. 
and please send me your feedback and tell your friends and clients. Ka kite ano.